we have to find the confidence that God needs us to be walking in regarding Him and us, our relationship with Him. It, it is required. Without the confidence, there's no faith, you see. You won't release faith to obtain the things provided by grace. He said in Ephesians 1.5 that we have been adopted as God's children. And I said a while ago or before, probably many times that this adoption Paul was referring to would have been according to Roman law back then. If you were adopted, you had the same rights and privileges as the natural born child. And that's what he was trying to point out to us as born again believers. We have redemption. We've been redeemed through Jesus' blood. We have the forgiveness of our sins, Ephesians 1.7. We have obtained an inheritance, Ephesians 1.11. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, just like I was talking about, Ephesians 1.13. We have been given the same power that lives in us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, how many of you ever thought about that very much? It's just... It's just it's one of those things that you, you read, you read over, you, you, yeah, yeah, praise God, but then you just move on because it's just too much to get your mind around. It's just too hard to believe it, to, to get it. You know, I don't understand that, so skip it. Sounds good, though. I'm glad. Uh, oh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody, or is that just me that has ever thought like that? We have become... A holy temple in the Lord. Ephesians 2.21. A habitation of God. You don't have to. I've been in places where they just say. All of us get together and pray. And we're going to get a prayer through. You don't have to get a prayer through. God lives inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we really believe that we are a habitation of God. And the temple of the Holy Spirit. It would change our diet. I guarantee you that. These are really these are truths. These are more real than what you can see and what you normally believe, what the world has taught you. But we have to quit looking like the world. We have to quit thinking like the world. God is teaching us to profit. He's teaching us in the way we should go. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, a familiar passage of Scripture. God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and not for evil, or the King James says, plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Or the King James says an expected end. That is hope. Christian hope is a confident knowing. A confident expectation of good from God. He said then, then you will call upon me though. People stop right there and oh God has great plans for me. Awesome. But read on. Then you will call upon me. And come and pray to me. How's your prayer life? And I will hear you, because I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me. When? When you seek me with all your heart. I just lost the other 98% of us. And I'm probably in there because I had a, 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 a vision, a dream recently. And, and wisely, I've seen the Lord Jesus face to face in dreams and I'm like Solomon. I, I, I call that an encounter from God. Because I knew it was. But the, I had one recently where it was just in my face saying, How bad do you want it? Over and over and over. And I knew exactly what he meant. This is where I've fallen short. I go through seasons. I go through seasons. And I stay 
with the Lord most of my days. No matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, I'm praying. I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm listening to the Word. I even listen to my own messages a few times in the week. And I get blessed by them. So I know it's not just me. But I'm not saying that to build up me in any way. I'm saying I still have a struggle with being hard-hearted towards God. Because this world is competing. The devil is competing for my time, my affection, everything that we have. Everything that we want, everything that God has for us, the devil is going to have a, a, a counterfeit that he's going to try to make attractive for you. It'll, it'll encourage you to come on out here on the end of this limb. I'm your friend and then leave you hanging right there. But God's plans for us are nothing but good. All the bad things that happen in our lives, the evil that we experience, it's not God's fault. He didn't do that. He said his plans are good. It's because we're not following God's plans for our lives that we encounter evil. And see, God's not up there making a, a, a judgment call. Everything. Okay, punish that, punish that. Yes, no, no. On the naughty list. No. All these things is that the Bible tells us so that we can understand. Do this and God will do this. You know, He gives more grace to the humble. But He, he steers clear of those who are proud, you know. This is not a, a per item checklist or decision God is doing. He's already done it. Here's the bubble of God's love and provision. Here's God. It's already there. The grace of God is all inclusive in here. Everything Jesus has provided by His perfect life, His sacrifice. And now we have a free will. We have the Word, we have the Holy Spirit, we have everything that we need to teach us how to walk and to remain in this in agreement with God. But we also have the ability to walk outside of this bubble. And when we do, God's not getting us. He's already set in place His spiritual and natural laws to bless us, for us to cooperate with. He said if you really know God, if you love God, you, you can't keep on sinning because that's not who you are anymore. But we still have the ability to do that, don't we? The most influential preacher in the world who could be affecting millions or billions of people. God could even have greater plans for him. He could be raising people from the dead. Blind eyes could be open. Deaf ears open. These are all things for today. That pastor has an opportunity every day to walk outside of that bubble. And when, and when the world turns against him, because the devil says, aha, gotcha. God didn't do that. And God never changed his plan for that person. But it could take him years upon years upon years and probably never ever will get back to the place God had him when he decided to agree with Satan. That's why I... <laughs> I haven't been invited to too many, as many uh, pastors' conferences as I used to because I, I, I never did just, I never was one of the good old boys. Don't ask me to come speak to a room full of pastors if you don't want to know what God has to say. But, you know, it, he's had enough people that come and, and they preach the word, they get people saved, and then they confuse them by their life. Yeah. They undermine God's work. God doesn't need that. He's looking for some people who 
have his best interest at heart. He's entitled to that. A lot of people, though, based on this Jeremiah 29, 13, we see that people are saying, well, God hasn't answered my prayers. But this verse, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It shows you that those who seek God with all their hearts do make connection. He's not saying maybe I'll answer, maybe I'll, you know. He says they do make connection when they seek Him with all their heart. So everyone who calls on the Lord just doesn't get what they want necessarily. Why? Because sometimes they're just wanting enough help to get out of the mess that they've created for themselves. It's called jailhouse religion. And then they go right back to living the life of rebellion that God you know, was trying to get them out of to start with. That's not the way it works. We can't just have it our way. Those who seek the Lord with all their hearts do find Him, but <clears throat> He's not going to just give you anything you want. If it's been provided by grace, you're entitled to it. If it hasn't, then nothing you could do is going to cause Him to give it to you. The devil might. The devil will give you some things. But James chapter 4 says... From whence come wars and fightings among you? He said, what do you fight about? What do you, what's, what's all the, the ruckus about? Fighting and wars and all the problems amongst men. This is James, Jesus' brother. He said, come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Because of your sinfulness, you see? So you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and can't obtain. You, you want things. That you can't have, and so you get mad. You fight and you war, yet you have not because you ask not. First, first he said, you didn't ask anyway. And then he says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it on your lust. In other words, it's all about you, you know. And he goes on and makes some pretty, you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. He's talking about your relationship with your husband, your heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. He's holy. He loves you. But when you go and you just agree with the world and chase after the things of the world, first of all, he's just saying, why aren't you trusting in me? I have way more for you than what the world can offer. But you have to learn to cooperate with me. But he giveth more grace. So awesome. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but give grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're learning to receive right now from God. He's already provided grace for all of our needs. Our faith or lack of it isn't going to do anything if it already hasn't been provided by grace. That's the point. Without faith, you can't please God, but you can't make Him do anything that He hasn't already done because of Jesus, you see? He'll either, or He already either has acted upon that need by grace, or He's not going to. <laughs> That's it. But our God-given faith will activate or bring into manifestation all the things provided by grace. So, what is grace qualified? Let's look at that. I'm just going to have time just to do a little bit, but this is what I this is where I really left off last week, saying that we were going to find out what we can believe for, what we can pray for, so we could have more confidence in our prayer life. There's a word I want you to know, and probably most of you know it, but it's sozo. 
S-O-Z-O. It's a Greek word <coughs> used over a hundred times in the New Testament in the original Greek. But it's used to describe our salvation. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God the Father. That's what God wants. Not just the future heaven and hell thing. From this present evil world, you have been delivered. And that's God's good will. It made him happy to do that. But now, how to the extent that we walk in it, that's the choice. That's renewing our minds. Multiplying grace in our lives through the knowledge of God, of Jesus. Amen? Galatians 1.4. That's what that scripture comes from. That he has delivered us from this present evil age. And that's the will of God the Father. Many people think that Jesus... Burial is death, burial and resurrection. It just accounted for their, their spiritual life. So they don't go to hell. The eternal realm. Amen. But Jesus also came to deliver us from this present evil world. We're not just saved from hell. From our sins. From future punishment. That's great. If that's all there was. Hey, I'd struggle through this world and just be thankful anyway. But that's not all. Jesus also came to deliver us, to protect us, to provide for us in this physical world that we live in now, right now. This Greek word sozo, I'm going to give you a few scriptures and I want you to see how it's going to start coming to life for you. Matthew one twenty one: She shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save sozo. His people from their sins. Okay. So we see that it is. A, sa a salvation from sin. Again. For after that in the wisdom of God. The world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. To save or sozo. Them that believe. Again. Spiritual salvation. Wherefore he is able also to save. Sozo them to the uttermost. That come unto God by him. Seeing him ever liveth. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Thank you, Jesus. Again, same. But it was translated another 50 some odd times in the New Testament as saved. But also another 50 some odd times for healing and for deliverance. And in an all-inclusive way that I want to show you here. You remember the story about Jairus? It said Jairus in Mark 5. It said... Jairus besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little girl lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, so that she may be healed. Sozo. And she shall live. So this word, sozo, is also used here for, for physical healing. And remember, it got worse, didn't she? died, didn't she? So... She was sozoed though. She, so in here it also means the resurrection from the dead. Watch this. Deliverance from demons. Luke 8.36 They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Sozo. Deliverance. I'm trying to show you that our salvation contains a lot more than just the forgiveness of our sins. It, in, it contains a lot for this life. So I'm showing you just by a few scriptures. Yes, the forgiveness of sins. Yes, eternity with God. But also the healing for our bodies. And the deliverance from demons. You say, oh well. 
We don't need that. Believe me. If there were no demons here, most of you wouldn't be here. That's just the truth. There's a lot going on that you're not aware of. And the first thing is just coming to an understanding. When you see things in you that don't line up with this, don't pet it, put a hat on it, and stick it on your front porch. Deal with it. Because it's available. That's part of your salvation. God wants to deliver you from all the things that you struggle with. All the things that torment you. That are riding around on some of your shoulders. I got a bunch of these, but I'm not going to... I'm going to skip over some of them. You get the point? To this word sozo, this all-inclusive salvation. I'll show you. I'll skip down. James 5.15. It's a great example of Jesus saving power manifesting in our lives, both for healing and forgiveness of sins. And this is one that all of you should remember. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, sozo, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. All sozo. And another time, Jesus, one time, he, he knew the thoughts of the scribes and Pharisees. Remember, he used to do that when they were thinking ugly thoughts. And he had mentioned it before they ever said anything. He said, is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life, sozo, or destroy it? So we're thinking, okay, that could just be eternal salvation again. But Luke 6, 9, look, when they didn't answer him, he turned and healed the man with the withered right hand. Sozo. Jesus wasn't just talking about the forgiveness of sins. He meant the healing of the body, obviously. It's also translated to be made whole. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? That was to be made whole. And also, uh, remember when the lepers, the ten lepers were healed and only one came back to thank Jesus? Well, the others were healed, but the only the one was sozo. Made whole. Probably got all the body parts back that had fallen off. We've been abundantly supplied. God's salvation is all inclusive. It's, it's not just for the forgiveness of our sins. It's for our financial prosperity. It's for our physical healing. It's for the deliverance of our, you know, uh, to be delivered from all the things that torment us. And for heaven and hell. Praise God for that. Redemption from poverty. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though That though he was rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. When was Jesus ever poor? When he hung suspended between heaven and earth. Robbed of his clothing. His dignity. Even his relationship with God. Everything they took from him. You're entitled to. He became a curse. Now you don't have to, you've been redeemed from the curse. This will cause you to read the Bible differently. It'll cause you to get excited about reading the Bible because when you see the curses, you'll dismiss them and say, thank you, Lord, because of Jesus, I've been delivered from that. That doesn't affect me because of my trust in Jesus, not because of my good deeds and works, but the blessings. Oh, wow. Those are all mine. You did it for one, you'll do it for me. You're no respecter of persons. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. All provided by grace. Father, we thank you for this day.